SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Bagels and Bad Beats on this Friday, July 3rd morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern Time. 844-843-6879 is our toll-free telephone number. You want to get uh, in on a tweet? Uh, it is at Opposite Picks. You want to email me, go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact, Scott Akon, and fire away. Talked a little NFL the first hour. Did our golf recap with our guy, uh, Bubba Watson, who stands at minus one tied for 87th. Our big play of the weekend. Really, we have two. Uh, th- that's one of them at minus two and a quarter to make the cut at the uh, Rocket Mortgage Classic. Our boy uh, Bryson DeChambeau is one shot back at minus six. Oh, I'd love to see him finish in the top ten again and not win. You know, I'd rather have him do that than actually, you know, um, you know, finish around 30th or 40th or so. I-, I hope he keeps on getting close and close and close and close and can never close the deal. Our other play this weekend, which is an absolute positive Without a shadow of a doubt, mark it down on January 1st. You play it every single year. What is that, you ask? Well, it's the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. And I know, I know what you're saying. You got to be one sick bastard, Scott, to be betting on who's going to eat the most hot dogs. I get that. But you know what? A winner is a winner is a winner is a winner. And Joey Chestnut is a winner. He has won this goofy Nathan's hot dog eating contest 12 times. He wins it every single year, every year except one back in 2007. Since 2007, there is absolutely no reason in the world to think he's not going to win again this year. He's telling TMZ that he's actually going to try and push for a world record because it's not going to be outside this year. For whatever reason, they're not doing it. The boardwalk, God forbid, social distancing and all that other nonsense. They're going to have it at a private indoor facility, which is going to be air conditioned. It's not going to be hot or steamy and sweaty and everything else. So he's going for the world record, no matter what the odds are. FanDuel has not posted any odds yet. Hopefully they will uh, before too long. But lay it on Joey Chestnut. Mark it down to win the Nathan's Hot Dog Bagels and Bad Beats coming up on a Friday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. You know, if you're going to use analogies, I, I think this is a marathon. The, the team that... The team that ultimately is the last one standing um, will have been, you know, in Orlando a long time, will have gone through a lot. It's a heck of a journey. It's going to be a special champion. 
and there is a sprint element to I think getting back and getting started but um, I think to lose sight of the marathon that you know it's just a different marathon I don't know maybe this is like what do they call them a, a half marathon or 12k or 27k or 25 whatever it is so anyways that's I, I think we're gonna have a little bit of both at least in our camp there's been this on ongoing dialogue and conversation about whoever wins it this year there'll be an asterisk next to their name and, and I don't buy that at all uh, and, and you kind of alluded to why. Uh, if you're able to go into a bubble, to be isolated from your friends and family, to have no home court advantage, uh, to have a league interruption of four months, and you're able to spend 90 days and come out of there a champion, I think this will be the, the, the toughest um, championship ever won. <laughs> Bagels and Bad Beats on this Friday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. I I tell you why, I think these NBA coaches are delusional. Mike Budenholzer, head coach of the Bucs, and Mike Malone, head coach of the Denver Nuggets. Are are they kidding me, really? I mean, it's a marathon for Mike uh, Budenholzer, first off. Not a marathon. You know, you don't have to play the entire NBA season. You've gotten two months off. Yeah, okay, you got to go back to training camp there for a couple of weeks. No big deal. And but, you know, it's it's really, you know, not that big of a deal. It's not a marathon. Half the teams don't want to be there. Half the teams aren't there. You're going to cakewalk through the first round of the playoffs, as you generally always do. This year will be no different. This is an absolute breeze. And again, Mike Ballone, same thing in Denver, saying this is going to be the toughest championship to get. What are you kidding me? This is going to be the easiest. If you can't win this year. When, again, half the teams aren't there, the other the other half don't want to be there, you have literally, from the outside looking in, I would say five teams that probably are going to be trying. You are gonna, you know the Clippers are going to be trying, veteran club, Doc Rivers will get those guys all organized. You know LeBron's going to have the Lakers really trying. Um, you might have Budenholzer and the Bucks trying, who knows. Uh, I would think Toronto would be trying just because they're the defending champs. So I, I would think they would take some pride in, you know, having their championship ring be taken away from them. You know, maybe the Boston Celtics, you know, just because it's it's the Celtics and I'm a Celtic fan. So I want to believe my team is going to be trying. Other than that, you know, maybe Denver, but Portland players say they don't want to be there. Brooklyn players say they don't want to be there. You know, all up and down the line, Sacramento players say they don't want to be there. Haven't heard from the Rockets at all. You would think maybe this would help them a little bit, but haven't heard from uh, them. You know, they're more concerned about the head coach, whether he's coming back or not. This is going to be a case. If you can't win this year, you're never going to win. And you might never win. But to think this would be the toughest championship, no. Because people are so distracted right now that if you have any kind of focus whatsoever, you're going to put yourself above all those other teams. Forget about talent, who's got the better players. This year is going to be about focus. If he means that, then I guess yes. But to me, if you really want to win this year, it'll never be easier than it is this year. Never. People talking about the asterisk and all that other stuff, you know, and I understand all that. Um, I'm not big on putting asterisks on seasons, especially, you know, the only as we talked about yesterday. The only way I would really truly put an asterisk next to this championship if is a team's superstar player players, 
you know, fail a, a COVID test and they can't play in the finals because they got to get quarantined. You know, if it's a, just for the sake of argument, <clears throat> it's Celtics versus Lakers and LeBron and Anthony Davis come down with the, the COVID and they can't play in the finals and the Celtics are going up against an absolutely no nothing Lakers team. I don't, I really, I don't think the NBA would ever allow that. I, I just, I don't believe it. I, I just think that they would say, all right, as long as you're asymptomatic, then you go ahead and play. Or they'll just say, we need to do some more testing, or there was an issue with this test, and then they'll do a second test, and the second test is going to get delayed in the mail. I, I just don't believe for a second Adam Silver would ever allow uh, LeBron, Anthony Davis, less Lakers team playing in the NBA Finals, or Kawhi Leonard, you know, pick a team and pick a couple of superstar players playing the Finals. I just don't believe that. But if it did happen, that, then I'll put the asterisk. Otherwise, listen. It's anybody's game. The team that's going to be the most focused is the team that's going to win. And I think it's the team that realistically know they have a shot of winning. I think the separation of state, if you will, between the has-beens, the Utah Jazzes, you got a bunch of Utah players saying they don't want to play. That's why, Paul, you, you bet, you know, I know you want to go contrarian uh, to close out the first hour. Paul was saying go against the New Orleans Pelicans in game number one uh, because he liked Utah for some reason, maybe just because, the whole world's going to be betting on New Orleans, and I understand that. But you're getting New Orleans at basically pick them, you know, minus two. You win the game, you got to consider you're going to cover the spread. Uh, I wouldn't fool around because New Orleans is three and a half back. You know, they don't have a whole heck of a lot of losses to give out. You know, they they probably need to to finish within the eight nine. I would think with their schedule, <clears throat> they would they would need to go at least four and four I, I, at the very 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 worst. You got to stay within four games. If you're the ninth seed, you got to stay within four of the eighth seed to have that little play-in game, which you really don't want to be the ninth seed because that means you have to win twice before the number eight seed wins one time. Uh, but, you know, they have to stay within four. Right now they're three and a half, so they don't have a whole lot of losses to give. So I, I just I wouldn't be betting against them, and I wouldn't be betting on Utah because you got a bunch of Utah Jazz players saying they, they wonder if they really should go fly all the way across the country. Um, no, so you got no Utah Jazz interested. You got no, uh, you know, Brooklyn Nets interested. You got the uh, Sacramento's all suspended. They're not interested uh, with the virus. You know, I, this is going to be easy, easy pickings for a team that's actually focused and realizes it's a business trip. That that's how you have to sell it to these guys. It's a business trip. It's really it's a matter of who wants to win. You want to win, you'll stay in the bubble. You won't get sick. You won't do anything crazy. You know, you won't be out partying. You won't be doing this or that. You're going to stay in a hotel uh, and enjoy the amenities that the hotel has for two months and and deal with it and, and make, uh, you know, two, three, four, five million bucks in the process. Oh, by the way, and a chance to win a championship. Oh, by the way, life really isn't that bad, to tell you the truth. So th these head coaches that are talking about how tough it's going to be, they're delusional. They, they really are just absolutely delusional. 844-843-6879. Um, we don't talk too much NHL. I like the NHL. I understand it's not, you know, very popular uh, out there. In certain segments, it is. But I do like the NHL. Talks are continuing as they try and get a new CBA, apparently as well as the resumption talks. But camps are supposed to open up July 13th. They came out basically with their schedule. So camps open up in two weeks. Uh, July 26th, they're supposed to report to the cities, which for all intents and purposes, appears like it's going to be Toronto and Edmonton now. Uh, we speculated that yesterday, and that, that seems to be on the verge of being confirmed. So no hockey at all in the United States. That's 
you know, maybe it'll matter, maybe it won't. The fans aren't going to the game anyway, but that does sound a little strange, doesn't it? I mean, absolutely no hockey being played in the United States. Boy, that's that's weird. You know, what makes Toronto and Edmonton so special that they get it? But they do. So teams are supposed to report on the 26th. They're hoping, cross their fingers, that games will start August 1st, and uh, it, it goes on from there. So I, I thought this was all done. My bad. You know, the NHL seemed like they were the ones that were the leaders of all this stuff, that um, they were set on who's going to be making the postseason the earliest, and I thought there was going to be no contention with the players. But I guess nothing further from the truth could have been said because they're bickering back and forth now. You know, first it was MLB, then it was NBA. Now apparently the NHL's having some issues. But uh, hopefully that'll get resolved. So camps, they came out with the schedule basically yesterday saying camps uh, will, will be open. How about our guy Mike Gundy? So they did an internal review at OK State. Remember he wore the T-shirt um, of the TV network OAN or AON or whatever the fudge it is. So he apologized, you know, God forbid he should wear a T-shirt. You know, Colin Kaepernick can wear, you know, his T-shirts only once. You know, he puts put Castro on his shirt. That's fine. But anyway, I digress. So they found out that uh, no nothing racist going on with Gundy. He just needs to invest more time and build a stronger relationship with his student athletes, which I just find amazing because this is the same guy that, right, we remember, I'm a man, you know, blame me. Don't blame the quarterback. I mean, I thought he had the greatest relationship in the world. But apparently all right, phone calls coming up, 844-843-6879. Vegas with that SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Sports Grid Network. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beans with Scott Wetzel. We all know it. We started talking about the spring in March. <laughs> um, and, and at that time, we were far more pessimistic than we were four weeks ago. Um, and, and I think even more pessimistic than, than we are today. Um, I think the, uh, there, there are lots of challenges. Um, it would be a last resort. Um, and I think one of the biggest challenges, and it's probably the biggest one in my mind, um, is the, the proximity to then the next season. Um, and frankly, a second lost spring ball. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Friday morning. Here's truly Scott Wetzel sitting in. 25 minutes past the hour. Taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. 844-843-6879. Hop on board. 844-843-6879. That was the athletic director, Sandy Barbour of uh, Penn State, calling it a last resort. You know, everything she said there at, at the beginning anyway, all right, it made sense. I, I'm buying in. You know, you don't want to play in the springtime. It's a last resort. I don't know how they would do it. The proximity to the following season, which is the last thing I, I want to have occur with all these sports, whether it's college football or NBA or NHL, I I'm willing to sacrifice this current season. Don't screw around with the 2021 year. That that's my biggest issue with the NBA and the NHL and MLB playing 
you know, thinking about how they could extend the seasons and have it affect next year. I, I don't want that. I'll, I'll take this year has been screwed up. I get it. It's part of life. But let's try not to screw up next season as well. So it all kind of made sense to me what she was saying until the very end there. Almost her last comment. She said it's a last resort. Okay. She said one of the biggest challenges and probably the biggest one in her mind is the proximity to next season, as I'm talking about. Okay. And then she dropped the ball, which is why I bring this up. She said also she's especially concerned about losing a second spring ball. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, do you realize what you just said? You're telling me that you'd rather have spring football where there aren't any games it's just practice. You know, you get a scrimmage. You know, most schools don't even charge for a scrimmage. You do get a bunch of people that go, a bunch of kids. They had nothing better to do at some of these major schools. I, I get all that, but it's spring football. There's no league. There's nothing going on. There's no gazillion dollars. There's no TV revenue. There, there are the 75,000 fans in the stands. There's no tailgating. There's no dignitaries flying in from all around the country to see your games. It's dopey spring football. You're telling me you would sacrifice a regular season just in order to keep a dopey spring training game? That, mean, that, that makes no sense. You know? I, 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 she's got to clarify that. It's someone, I don't know why someone didn't challenge her, but that's, that's again, life of 2020. You don't really listen to what someone says. You just jot it down. Why in the world would you be concerned about losing a second spring football? I won't even call it season. Uh, a second spring football training time. If it means you get to have, though, a 2021 college football year with all those things I just mentioned. I mean, that is as dumb as dumb can be. Yes, okay, I get it. Last resort, ideally, you don't want to play in the spring 2021. Absolutely, I get it. You know what? Because by the time you get done, it's going to be, you know, June sometime, I imagine, and the proximity to next year and recruits and NFL draft. It, it would be, there'd be a lot of logistical problems. You're going up against college basketball. You know, do you really want to do that? You know, maybe not. You're going up against base, college baseball. You're going up against, you know, uh, regular MLB baseball. I don't know if you necessarily want to do that either. So I get that. stuff, But the fact that she would throw in there, uh, we would lose a second lost spring ball. I mean, that's just dumb. Uh, that is just absolutely dumb. You know, I know the Ivy League has suggested in the spring. I don't really think spring would, would cut it for me anyway. Um, you know, with college basketball going on and the start of Major League Baseball, assuming that it all starts, you know, and I'm going to take her for her word. She says spring and she means spring. She doesn't mean February um, or even early March. I mean, she's talking springtime, late March, it went into April, which is the start of Major League Baseball. That that would be weird. I mean, it would definitely be weird. Um, you know, it, it's better than nothing, I suppose. Maybe it would be a, a, a relief. You know, it would be kind of nice not having – Saturday and Sunday. I think college football, quite frankly, would probably get a jolt. You know, college football is pretty isolated. You know, the people down south like the SEC, people in the in the central area, you know, Big Ten, you know, Mountain Zone, Mountain West, and you got the sections with the Big 12. I mean, it, it's all kind of, you know, sectioned out perfectly, and the folks down south really don't care about the Big Ten, and the folks in the Midwest really don't care about the uh, Conference USA. It's all... But I think if it wasn't because of NFL football, if we didn't have that, 
And it really was just a weekend of football. Maybe even college football would have games on Sunday. Maybe they would say, listen, Saturdays are great, but you know we can throw a couple of these games on Sunday. We can get the four-letter network to throw us a couple of more bucks. They can isolate some of these better games instead of having, uh, you know, Ohio State versus Michigan going head to head with, uh, you know, Oklahoma versus Texas. I know that doesn't happen, but you get the idea. Um, you know, we could make even ma- that much more money, you know, to have some of these games uh, be exclusive, if you will, and move some to Sunday if there's nothing else going on except for college uh, or except for uh, Major League Baseball. But again, you'd have to worry about the college basketball. But so it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but I certainly wouldn't not do it just because they would lose spring basketball or spring uh, football. That, that, that Again, that, that's just dumb. You know, I watched last night a little bit of, you know, but not much going on with, without sports and stuff. One of the channels, uh, I don't know which, I, I think it was uh, the four-letter network, the classic channel, uh, had the replay of the 1980 Wimbledon final between uh, Borg and McEnroe. Uh, I got a tennis guy that's uh, – one of my podcast members, and we've been talking to uh, tennis, and he he played in that era. And, you know, it, it's funny. The difference between today and yesteryear. Uh, that was, we had a phone caller earlier talk about how golf, you know, back in the 70s and 80s, you had, you know, basically five, six, seven, eight guys dominate the golf scene, whereas today you could have one of literally 40 people win these tournaments. You know, and I said at the time, when I was talking to the, the phone caller, you know, tennis is just the opposite. You know, tennis now, listen, you have a couple of guys that win in tennis, and that is all. That that, that really is it. Uh, but back in the 70s and 80s, you know, you had a number of different guys. You had Borg, you had McEnroe, you had Lendl, you had Timmy Chang, and you had a bunch of guys that could win. You know, maybe not, you know, 15, 20 like golf now, but a hell of a lot more. So much to the point that Scott writes in, you certainly stated the obvious uh, yesterday when you were talking about the Nadal, Novak, and Federer dominating the Grand Slams. Bet you didn't realize even how dominant they were. Get a load of these numbers. I went back, he writes, to 2003, and those three guys, Rafi Nadal, Novak, and uh, Fed, have won 56 of the 68 Grand Slams, all but 12 since 2003. And of the 12 they didn't win, five were won by Andy Murray and Stan Wawrinka. So technically, and not really technically, so five guys have won 61 of the last 68 Grand Slams. That is really amazing. You're right, Scott. I did not know it was that much. I I probably would have guessed right around there, to be honest. But when you listen to those numbers, wow, it is just remarkable how these three guys have just dominated tennis for, you know, not four, five years, you get that, but for 17 years, going back to 2003, we're in 2020, obviously, and they have won all but 12 Grand Slams. Wow. Had a phone caller yesterday ask, you know, who we should play on with, with tennis, and I said, don't try and pick an underdog, and that's exactly why. Golf, yep, pick all the underdogs you want. Go ahead, play some flyers because anything can happen. But in tennis, it just does not happen. Now, women's tennis, a little different. But men's tennis, boy, that is amazing, isn't it? That that really is. So I'm watching Borg and McEnroe anyway last night. And I tell you, it was great. It was the great match where they went to to the fifth set. And uh, Borg ended up winning it 8-6 to win the uh, 80 Wimbledon. Um, And and that was the one with the the great tiebreaker in set number four when Borg was up. 
uh, two sets to one and, and could have won it. And, but boy, you're talking about just a great, great tennis match. Even if you're not into tennis uh, and, and watching it, it's funny. My daughter, my 14 year old, walked in as the, the TV was on. And, you know, there was no HD TV back then and everything else. And, and she says, well, how could you even watch this? No wonder your eyes are bad. Now. You're watching something that you can't even see. You know, it was kind of funny, but it was great. You know, at the end, of the, one of the all time, all time greatest matches ever. Right. Uh, no doubt about that. May not be the greatest, but certainly, you know, top 10 for sure. Uh, when it finally, finally ended after that long tiebreaker in the fourth, which was won by McEnroe and then Borg ends up winning it. Uh, there was no falling to the court by Bjorn Borg. There was no fake celebrations. There was no, oh, my God, look at me. No fake tears. There was no hugging between the two. You know, it was just a, a battle of two great competitors. Both wanted to lose. I didn't sense, you know, I don't remember any kind of great, great animosity between these two. Maybe that's play, played a role in it. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm forgetting about something, but it, it was none of this. You know, all the stuff we get now, oh, the guy falls to the court like it was such a miracle. Oh, my God, Novak Djokovic won. I got to fall back in, in, to, the, to the court like it's just great miracle, when in reality, you know, he wins all the time. Uh, but there was none of that nonsense. It, it was just uh, two good competitors. And like I said, no fake tears and no fake celebration. And Mac never even looked at him, he, even in the, the award ceremony afterwards uh, as they were handing out the trophies. He didn't even really acknowledge him. So, but he just ran out of gas. Watching him, he just he ran out of gas the, the final set. Mac did beat him in '81 to win the championship. Uh, he beat Borg at the U.S. Open six months later, and that was it for Borg. Win at 26. Amazing. All right, bagels and bad beats on a Friday morning with Bruce Scott Lester. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The SportsGrid Network. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. We feel like we have a pretty good handle on our guys and have kept tabs on them and, and spoken to them. So we feel like we have a decent idea of where they are, you know, kind of physically coming in. But that's something that we'll have to gauge in the early days, you know. And I feel like overall we're in a pretty good spot coming in. It's going to be different than a normal spring training. We're, we're going to, you know, put a lot of value on live reps, you know, pitchers facing hitters, hitters facing pitchers getting live defensive reps, trying to build guys up as safely and as smartly as we can. But we are going to put a value on, on competition from pretty early on in camp. Four four eight four three six eight seven nine. The toll-free telephone number on this Friday morning. Here's Tully Scott Wetzel sitting until 7 a.m. Eastern time, as we always do Monday through Friday. You want to follow me on Twitter? Send a tweet at is uh, at opposite picks. That's O P P O S I T E picks P I C K S. Email me. Go to the website 
hit the contact shot icon and fire away. And then uh, you could also check us out on YouTube. Got a bunch of people watching and chiming in. Uh, maybe we'll read some of those here in a little bit. Those are the words, though, first up of Aaron Boone, manager of the New York Stankies, talking about tra spring training. And, you know, I would think just the opposite, to tell you the truth. I would think with, with the most of the focus not really being on, I would perceive this anyway, I would think most of the focus would be on getting the guys in shape, not guys winning battles on who's going to be starting. I mean, it's 60 games in 63 days. Everyone's going to get a chance to start. There's going to be a ton of guys resting. So whether you're the starting left fielder for the New York Stankies day one or whether you're coming off the bench and you're going to be chipping in and maybe four outfielders, five outfielders, what's the difference? I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. No, it's getting the guys in shape. So, you know, I, I completely disagree. I, I don't think it's going to be that competition and competitive for winning, but I wouldn't focus on it. I, like I said, I, I'd be focused on getting these guys in shape, not only physically, but mentally as well. You know, it's been a long, long, long off season for these guys. And whether it's just the extra time off, whether it's thinking they were going to start in February and they didn't, whether it's the battle they had with the owners, uh, whether these guys are really happy about it, you can't help but think there's a bunch of players that are saying, what the fudge, I don't want to be here, we got the raw deal, let's get this thing over with. You know, again, just like the NBA, at least the NBA and the NHL has their postseasons and staring in front of them. You know, eight NBA regular season games, but it, it's right there. You're looking at a two-month period tops and a lot of these teams one month. Baseball, though, I'm sure there are a number of players that are saying, oh, what are we doing? I got 60 games. You know, I, we're playing in front of nobody. There's no one in the stands. What is the point? Who cares? Our team sucks. Why do we, you know, I, I got to worry about getting the virus. And I, I could see there being some real ugly baseball. Uh, you know, you, you're going to get it. You know, hockey, I don't think you will, because if you're not paying attention, you're going to get clocked. So. Out of all the sports, you know, hockey, NFL also, obviously. I, I think the guys are almost forced to really concentrate. NBA, there's going to be some issues. I'm telling you right now, I'm betting overs on every single game. Every single NBA game. You'll never convince me. I got to see it. I know the guys might not be in shape, but guys are always in shape enough to uh, play offense. They're not in shape enough to play defense. I think it's going to be basically an all-star game light up and down the court, and and teams aren't going to care, but again, they will care to score. So no one's going down to Orlando to go play defense, if that's what you're thinking, especially in the regular season game. So I'm playing all overs. And baseball, you know, you got to be in, in somewhat shape, you know, especially the pitchers. You got to make sure they can throw the ball over the plate versus over your head. But otherwise, you might get a lot of guys that really aren't into it. Uh, you really might. So it, it could be an ugly situation in Major League Baseball. I, I could, I, I would take much like with the NBA, I would take the first few games and use that as an indicator. I don't think there are going to be teams, especially NBA, that are going to say, well, you know, we need a couple of games to, to kind of get our feet wet here a little bit. No, I think from the outset, you're either going to know you're going to be interested in playing or you're not. Same thing with Major League Baseball. Team opens up two and seven and you only have 50 plus games left. And all of a sudden you start doing with magic numbers and elimination numbers like I'm sure they're going to have right from the outset. Nah, it, if you're not off to a good start, you're you're basically doomed. Commissioner Rob Manfred did a little backtracking yesterday. You know, earlier in the week, he was on the Dan Patrick show, and he told uh, Dan that you know the league was not going to ever play more than 60 games, no matter what, because there just wasn't enough time. So 
people ran with that because the one caveat to their agreement was that the players, you know, withheld their right to sue Major League Baseball for uh, not negotiating in good faith. And this is, they said, this is one of the things we could point to. See, you know, Manfred said he told the world that they weren't going to ever settle for more than 60 games, which, you know, to me is within our right. That's what we wanted. We weren't going to go any more than that. But today or yesterday, he, you know, backtracked a little bit saying, well, that's not really what I meant. And I don't think it was, to tell you the truth. Um, I, I think what he meant to say is at the time, the last time we spoke, there just wasn't enough time to play more than 60. Unless we wanted to play games in December, which they did not want to do, or even November, which they really are deep into November anyway, which they did not want to do, there just wasn't enough time to play more than 60 games. So we couldn't really ever agree to more than that. I really do believe that's basically what he meant. He had to kind of reiterate that yesterday. But it's sad when every single story is based on a lawsuit. That's you know that's why I bring it up. It's just every single thing you hear is okay, especially with MLB players, uh, players using this as ammunition for any possible lawsuit down the line. I'm telling you, I would be absolutely shocked, just absolutely shocked, if we don't have a work stoppage in Major League Baseball. I mean, it is just everything is pointing towards that. I just, it is remarkable, you know. We're, you know, about a half a year to a year away from negotiating the future CBA contract. And there is just nothing on the table that makes me think that these two sides are going to be able to get together and iron out a 10-year, 5- to 10-year agreement. When they can't figure out what's going to happen over the next 5- uh, to 10 months, how in the world are they ever going to come to terms on a new contract? So for all the naysayers about this upcoming season, oh, it's 60 games, it's an asterisk, no one cares, you know, the champion's really not going to be a true champion and all that other stuff, that, that may all be. But you know what? Enjoy it because they're not going to wait until after the 2021 season when their contract specifically ends to start a new CBA. They're going to do the talking Basically, now, honestly, once this current season gets underway, if it does, once they kind of get that out of their system, that's when they're going to start negotiating. They're not going to wait until after next season. They're going to negotiate this upcoming offseason. And if they can't come to an agreement, that's when the players say, well, we're not playing the last year of our contract. That That's the the, the nugget they hold over the owners. And I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't. So... It may be a farce this year. It may be just 60 games. In your mind, you may put an asterisk next to it and all that other mumbo-jumbo, but enjoy it while it's here because I do not think we're going to have Major League Baseball in 2021. Mentioned this yesterday. If I'm in Vegas or a FanDuel, whatever one of your particular sites you use, has a bet, will there be a work stoppage within the next two years in Major League Baseball? I am all in on absolutely everything is pointing towards that. Would you go to a game? Interesting little story. No big deal, but apparently NFL teams are still hoping to have fans in the stands, which is a good thing. They're apparently considering a proposal that would demand fans to sign a liability waiver if they wanted to go inside a stadium and watch the game. So if you're the you know Miami Dolphin fan and you're one of 10,000 people that want to go to their games, uh, poking fun of my own team, the Dolphins, in this case, are going to make you sign a waiver that would not make the Dolphins 
liable in case you get the COVID-19. That's really weird. Again, back to the lawsuit. Everything is a lawsuit. Listen, unless Miami is like having a guy with a spray gun spray the virus over everyone, you would think at this point, you know, if you're a patron and you're going outside, you're taking risks into your own hand, whether it's going shopping or whether it's going to the post office or whether it's going to get gas and you can you grab the gas handle or whether you're going to an NFL football game. I mean, do you really need to have someone sign a waiver that, you know, basically says, OK, NFL team, if I get the virus, I'm not going to sue you. I mean, I would think by now that, you know, that is a possibility, just like, as I say. You go down to the local supermarket and you grab one of those carts and 5,000 people have been touching that same cart, you know, all day long and you're grabbing it. You you just have to know, you know, the supermarket doesn't make you sign a waiver saying, okay, you could get the coronavirus if you come into our store. You know, the gas station that you're grabbing that pump for the self-service places, which are mostly around the country, although New Jersey is actually still full service. Um, you know that there is a great risk. I mean, how many people grabbed that same pump earlier that day? You know, thousands probably. You know you're taking a risk, so they're not making you sign any kind of waiver. I don't know why the NFL has to think uh, that that uh, they need this waiver. That would be really just weird. Going into a stadium, and before you can go in, listen, the lines are long enough to get into some of these stadiums. Uh, to have to sign a waiver saying that you can't sue us if you get the coronavirus. That, that's just weird. That, that is really, um, that, that's strange. Uh, that, that is. And speaking of strange, I, I get this. You know, Don Yee, he's the uh, player agent for Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo and Julian Edelman, to, to name a few. Uh, he defended his players uh, with Yahoo Sports saying that, you know, those are the guys that have been seen working out, or at least uh, Brady is anyway. Uh, to his credit, and he's, he's right, the players who performed in front of millions of people have to get ready somehow, some way. Um, if they play lousy, they're going to be criticized, he says. Yet if they try and prepare even a little, they're criticized. So he, you can't win for losing, which I understand. I, I get that. But um, you know, there are certain ways of doing it. Listen, you don't have to show the world. You know How many people are, are working out in these workouts? Here's the, the problem with it. You know? Uh, five to ten people, maybe. So can't you tell those five to ten people, Don, if you're representing these guys, listen, dopes, uh, you want to work out, knock yourself out, but it's it's a bad look. You know, it's the, uh, here's that uh, 2018 uh, phrase, you know, the optics of it. Don't send it out, all right? Mopes, put your cell phones down. Don't take, uh, you know, recordings of it. Don't send it out on Twitter. Don't do Instagram with it. You want to work out, knock yourself out, do whatever you want to do. But don't be dumb enough to make a recording of it and then send it out to Twitter and show the whole world that you're basically, you know, cheating on the rules or taking things that, you know, you really shouldn't be doing. Not technically against the rules, but, you know, strongly advised not to do. Don't don't tell the whole world that, you know, look at LeBron, you know, dare I suggest, you know, using him as an example. But, you know. We all know LeBron's practicing. And, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. He's going to this guy's house where he's got the court in the backyard. I don't doubt that for a second. But is he taking Instagram pictures and Twitter pictures and sending them out? No, of course not. He wants to win. So if Tom Brady feels compelled to work out with his boys, so be it. But don't be dumb enough to take 
pictures of it and send it out for the world to see for you to criticize. And that is just dumb. And I tell you, we did touch on it earlier. The Chicago bubble for NBA teams is dumb as well. Oh, boy. How, how are they ever going to get people to work that? that? That is just... Well, out of all the dumb ideas that sports has had over the years, I think having a tournament, basically, for a bunch of losing teams is one of the absolute dumbest that I've seen in a long, long time. We'll go shop next. Maybe we'll have these on Friday sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Wrapping up shop on this uh, Friday morning uh, and for the week, obviously, with some stories that uh, somehow or another we didn't have time to get to today. How about Tristan Thompson and Khloe Kardashian getting back together? Now, they do have a kid, so but good grief, man. She's been rolled over more times than a 12-wheel axle. I mean, come on. Uh, Kellogg's has launched a new cereal over in Korea, onion-flavored. I kid you not. It won in a poll 16 years ago with chocolate. And the, the mopes in Korea voted for the onion-flavored. Uh, Kellogg relented, and finally, 16 years later, they said, okay. And believe it or not, it sold out in two days. Former Steelers head coach Bill Cower and his wife had the coronavirus, apparently doing okay, but still a concern. Texas mandated face masks for most of the entire state. I, you know, it's not a, I don't think it's specifically a mandate mandate here in New York, but it is strongly recommended in most stores. Uh, do not allow you to go into their stores without a face mask. So welcome to the real world, Texas. Uh, Walmart is turning 160 of its stores into parking lot uh, drive-in movie theaters this summer, which is kind of cool. You know, where I used to live, there was a movie theater, and it, I still believe it's open. Warwick, New York is one of the few. I think there's literally like two or three movie theaters drive-ins that are still open, and, and that's one of them. And uh, the Royals are starting a new ambassador program in which you, as a season ticket holder, can pay $40 naturally, God forbid they should do it for free, to order a hand-plastic cutout of your likeness. You give it to them, and they'll put it in your seat at Kauffman Stadium during the upcoming season. They do say some of that money goes to charity, but that that is a little goofy. That really is. Uh, fireworks July 4th tomorrow, folks. Be careful, please. No Jason Pierre polls. We can't afford to lose any listeners. We need all hands so you can type information to me. Otherwise, uh, we don't want you to get to hurt. So great job by the phone callers, the emailers, the tweeters, everyone involved this week on Bagels and Bad Beats. Have yourselves a great weekend. Be safe, and we'll talk to you Monday morning right here again on Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Lutz. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.